0: Our ESPN spring training schedule rolls on today with the Grapefruit League game between the Nationals and Yankees. It's 1 o'clock Eastern. It's also available on the ESPN app. And before we begin another hour here of Get Up, we would like to welcome the newest member of the Get Up family, introducing Ember Pearl McKinnon, born yesterday to our outstanding producer, David McKinnon. Hey. Seven pounds, 11 ounces. Congratulations to David and Colleen, who actually did all of the work. Uh,
1: no doubt. There's no question about it. David's there just for moral support. That's
0: exactly That's right. it. And, and be prepared for that, David, because that's going to be the rest of your life now. You are, you're, you're, your services are, are, mostly, uh, are, are mostly irrelevant at this point from now. Anyway, congratulations to the entire McKinnon family. He's uh, He's been with us forever, and we couldn't be more delighted. With that, we welcome you to another hour of Get Up. We are live at the Seaport. We are brought to you by Chase. And that's Chris Canty. I am Greeny. Huge news in the NFL, the NBA and a whole lot more. Let's get this thing rolling in football because the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst, met with reporters yesterday at the scouting combine. He was talking about the team's quarterback situation and the things he said, and maybe more importantly, the things he didn't, have everyone abuzz. Just listen to him talking about Aaron Rodgers. There's been some contact back and forth. Um, Obviously,
2: he's he's had some things on his plate, uh, but hopefully those things will happen soon
3: do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers?
2: Yeah, I think you know, th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit.
0: Obviously, we know the kind of player that Aaron is, and you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward with a lot more to say. Just listen to that. Do you want him back? Well, those discussions have to go on back and forth and figure out if it's the right fit. I'm telling you right now, Andy Reid's not answering that question that way if they ask him about Patrick Mahomes. That, that sounded, Nico. I'm looking at the smile on your face. That sounded like a man who was ready to what? What did that sound like to you? To get rid of Aaron
4: Rodgers, to move on from Aaron Rodgers. The right fit. How many years he's been there? Almost 20 years. Listen. At this point right now, the Green Bay Packers are like, I'm sick of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am over this whole, this whole offseason. I don't know what I want. I need to go on my retreats. I need to figure things out. The Green Bay Packers just want their starting quarterback to say, you know what, I'm all in. I'm ready to go. I can't wait for this offseason. We're going to build with these young rookies. We're going to get better this offseason. I'm going to be there every day. I'm going to be the leader that you want. But he hasn't done that. And the Green Bay Packers, they gave him the contract. They gave him a fully guaranteed contract after they drafted Love because guess what? He was upset about it. So what did they do? They said, you know what? You're our guy. You're the MVP. We're going to give you the cash. And every single year, it's the same thing. It's just, I'm just exhausted being on the outside of it. Imagine if you're (laughs) inside the building. You have to be exhausted. You'd be sick of this whole thing. So at this point right now, it feels like to me, The divorce
0: is coming. I think that's exactly right, and you know Jeff Darlington, for those of us who've been around a while, the similarities of this situation and the one that took place 15 years ago, with his predecessor in Green Bay, Brett Favre, are eerie. I mean, it's incredible how similar the circumstances are. They'd been there about the same amount of time. They had a backup who had been there exactly three years and felt ready to go. It was the constant every single year. Do I want to play? Do I not want to play? I think in those days, Favre really didn't want to deal with training camp and all that kind of stuff. And and at at some point, they just decided, it's enough. We're ready to move forward. Is there reason to believe, Jeff, the Packers have come to that conclusion?
2: Well, it's yes, there is reason to believe that. And you, you just made a very good point about what you said about Favre in training camp. I'm told when Brian Gutekunst essentially says we have to, feel, we have to know if this is the right fit, it's the result of the Packers wanting to know that Rodgers is going to commit all the way in, that he's going to spend the offseason working with these young receivers, that he's going to be a full-time quarterback trying to get this right so that they can go win a Super Bowl. And I, like, for me, it's just difficult— to fathom that conversation. And maybe it does happen. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, I don't, I don't want to sit here and put thoughts in his head or words in his mouth. Maybe he does call Brian Gutekunst and say, you know what? I did contemplate things, and I do want to be a fully committed quarterback. I do want to make these younger guys better. Does anybody else really think that that's going to happen? I personally have a tough time with it. Maybe it does. And if it doesn't happen, these two sides are going their separate ways. There's no qualms about it. They both want to hear the same words from the other. They want to hear, I love you. I need to have you back. I need to have you in this building. And guess what? I
3: don't see
0: either side at this point doing exactly that. Right, because I'm not sure that either side feels that way. That's the reality of the situation.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. We're going to look back on that Week 18 loss as the game that decided Aaron Rodgers' football fate in the twilight of his career. Because Brian Gutekunst said as much yesterday, he said, after a disappointing season, we had to adjust the way we're looking at this thing a little bit. And I think that comes down to a player that you're committing $50, $60 million to in 2023. It's just not good business to pay that kind of money to one player, especially a quarterback that's that impactful, and not make the postseason. And that's exactly where the Green Bay Packers are at right now. So. I believe that this team is closer to a rebuild than they are a championship. So Brian Gutekunst and the Packers Brass, they have sober eyes when they're looking at the state of their franchise, and they'd be better served moving on from Aaron Rodgers than keeping him in the fold and watching his career trajectory continue to regress along
0: with the team's trajectory. So then it becomes the very interesting piece of this, which is the mechanics of it. Rodgers has three. Right. There were three things that could happen. One of them is that he could decide he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. There are 59 million reasons why that feels unlikely. It's not impossible because he's just unusual enough that you never know what he might do. <laughs> but that seems like the least likely <laughs> of the three. The second option is that he comes back and plays for the Packers. Yeah. I, the last five minutes of this conversation I think have left us all with the impression that that doesn't seem that likely either. So now, Jeff Darlington, Rogers decides he wants to continue playing somewhere else, and the Packers decide they're ready to move him somewhere else. Then what happens? A trade. I mean, it, it, look, the I teams mean, are that, calling.
2: That's my question. Right? How, New York what are Jets, the mechanics of that? But the New York Jets have already called. It's time. You got the number. Call them back. Matt LaFleur has got – Robert Sala's number, they're boys, they know each other. I mean, look, this is a small, they're, they're all in Indianapolis right now. They could sit down and hammer this out. To your point, the problem is Aaron Rodgers hasn't called the Packers and said, I want out, and the Packers haven't called Aaron Rodgers and said, you know what, maybe we should just all move on. They're waiting to see the perception of who wants to be the good guy, who wants to be the bad guy. It's ultimately up to the Packers organization, though. If they want to move Aaron Rodgers, they can, and quite frankly, it feels like they want to move Aaron Rodgers. All they gotta do is make the call.
0: So so here's what I, the point I've been making on my radio show, Jeff, is that while Aaron Rodgers does not have a no trade clause in his contract, for all intents and purposes, he might as well. Because no team is going to trade for him without getting clear indications from him that that's what he wants. He's not getting, you know, drag kicking and screaming anywhere. No one is going to give up anything to deal with that. So he's going to have a significant say. That's what I mean by the process. I understand that a trade is the next step. But clearly, his side of this is good. It's not just like the Packers are going to find the best offer and and accept it. Rodgers is going to have to be heavily involved in that as well.
2: Once the Packers make the decision that they are moving on from Aaron Rodgers, they do need to maybe just get in touch with Aaron's agent, by the way. It doesn't have to be through Aaron. He knows exactly what Aaron wants to do here, right? So once Aaron picks the team, they call the team, they say, let's make this happen. It's not that complicated, truly. It really isn't that complicated as long as there is clear communication from both sides. Feels like we're asking for a lot right now, but this really isn't
0: that complicated. That's right. And so then you open yourself up to the possibilities, Ninko. If you're in the Packers, are, are you, are, is, is it, a, um, An absolute deal breaker to send him anywhere in the NFC. Do you just say no matter what? Certainly you're keeping him out of the division. Yes. And, you know, Chicago, they sort of got their situation going. I'm not sure who in the division is making that deal anyway. But is it a no-brainer you keep him out of the NFC? Do you even consider the possibility of Washington or somewhere like that if he wants to go there? Otherwise, you're looking at the AFC, and the options might be somewhat limited. Uh, So if you're Rodgers and you're looking at the, the landscape here, Ninko, where do you want to go?
4: Well, I think at the end of the day, the team has the upper hand because of the contract. So, mm-hmm. if Roger says, "I want to go," I want to go here. The team can say, "I don't really." We don't, we're not going to deal you there. We're, not, we're just not going to do it. So, I
2: don't know about that. You know,
4: you could be disgruntled. You could be upset. You could. I mean, the contract's a contract. So if he doesn't want to play football, that's one thing. If he wants to go play for a team in the division, well, no, we're not going to do that. If he wants to go play for the commander, no, we're not going to do that. So you either report or you retire. That's your decision. I mean, I know it puts them in a weird spot, in a bad spot, but at the end of the day, The contract, the team has the upper hand with the contract. I know the players have power, but at the end of the day, if you don't show up to camp, they find you whatever it is every single day, and that just accrues over the, the days
0: that you're out. So I understand that. I'm th- th- moving him. I see it very differently from I that. that they the AFC. Yeah, I do too. I-, I think they want to move him to the AFC, and I think they would love him to want to go somewhere in the AFC, and maybe that's what he wants. But at the end of the day, all he has to do is threaten to show up, and 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 all of a sudden that money is I'm all on greedy. their books and all that kind of stuff. He can that's for- right. look if any- if ever a player had the opportunity to force his way out of a situation, Rodgers could be in that 100%. position. I'm not. Suggesting it's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not trained yeah, uh, for the on sake of part. discussion. If he wanted to go to Chicago, the Packers. Yeah, would that's have not going to happen. But he's going to have some. He's
1: going to have say some say. In. I think it behooves both parties to work together on this situation. But I see this similar to Ninko. I mean, the the bonus doesn't have to be paid out until bef- right before week one. Right. So I mean, Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to play football, has to make a decision about his football future well before then. So I think in this instance, the Packers can hold Aaron Rodgers sixty million dollars. Hostage, just like he's been holding them hostage for the past couple of years. But it makes sense for both sides to work together, get Aaron yes. Rodgers' short list of teams that he would want to go to, and then the Packers try to extract maximum value from those teams. They make the best decision
0: for their franchise. He makes the best decision for his football oh, future. Quickly, I'm being told that this pod- – <laughs> is- I, I referenced this earlier, Jeff, that, that there was a podcast that Aaron Rodgers spoke right. on. Um, it, it, it was recorded by uh, Aubrey Marcus, who is like a, a holistic health uh, expert and has a podcast and, and interviewed him about the dark room into which he went for three days. It has just dropped. We are going through it right now. Uh, my understanding is that he did say some things about his football future, and we will play them for you coming up next. We're going through them as we go. You will hear from Rogers himself. His first comments Since coming out of the darkness, Um. you will hear those coming up in just a moment. In the meantime, how about the teams that are interested in going after Rodgers? Should they instead be going car shopping instead of waiting? The clock is ticking. One general manager is dropping hints. You will hear from him as we continue. Plus, back to basketball. LeBron was watching, was last night... The end of this season's Lakers did their year just get dunked on. We will show you. Plus, Sneaky Josh is in for Hembo today, and he's coming at you, Canty. Here we go. It has been a while since a Jets quarterback won a playoff game. Which active NFL quarterback has the most career touchdown passes without a playoff win? That answer is next. Get up on ESPN. you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. All right, the most important thing I'm going to tell you today is that you can help people in areas affected by the earthquake in Turkey that includes Turkey and Syria. Please visit redcross.org slash ESPN, and you can help the Red Cross respond. All right, as we continue, uh, we are working right now on editing the podcast uh, in which Aaron Rodgers is interviewed. I think it is definitely worth your hearing, and we will play that for you as soon as our editors can get it ready to go. In the meantime, this is a good question. Yeah. So so Derek Carr is the topic. They want you to guess Derek Carr. Which active NFL quarterback has the most career touchdown passes without winning a playoff game?
1: I know they want me to go Derek Carr, but I'm not going to go that direction. It's Derek Carr adjacent. I'm gonna go with Andy Dalton. Mm. All those years with the Cincinnati Bengals, getting to the playoffs, winning the division, but not winning a playoff game. Still threw touchdown passes for the Saints this year. Andy Dalton. That's right. The Red and Rifle.
0: Let's go. go. Not, so <laughs> not so sneaky, Josh. Not so sneaky. He gave it to him. Yeah. It's Andy Dalton. Uh, Derek Carr yeah. is next yeah. on the list, followed by Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, already. Yeah. Sneaky Andy
1: though. Dalton, the backup quarterback. Sneaky Josh, backup to himbo. <laughs> Not going to get not
0: going to get the production. He is throwing Just punches. All right, let's talk about Derek Carr for the moment. He uh, is at the combine and he's expected there to meet with a number of teams, including the Saints and the Panthers and the Jets. Now we know Carr already met with the Jets and their general manager Joe Douglas in New York, and yesterday Douglas had high praise for the former Raider quarterback. Give a listen.
3: He left a strong impression with everybody, and so. Um, obviously we're going to be exploring the, the veteran quarterback market this offseason and we're going to look at every available option. When it's time to make the right decision, when everyone goes through their process, we're going to make the best decision for the Jets. Look, I think it's hard to put an exact timetable. I think, I think everybody would like it done sooner rather than later, but everyone has their own process.
0: So, look, I mean, there isn't any question the way everyone in the world perceives this, that the Jets and maybe other teams who are desperate for quarterbacks are waiting out Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and, and maybe even waiting out the Lamar Jackson situation as well in Baltimore because those are just more exciting options. The only person who isn't on board with that timing, Jeff Darlington, there's no re I mean, we would... Clearly isn't on board with that timing, and I'm not sure I understand exactly what his strategy is, is Derek Carr. He could sign somewhere any time right. he wants. Why does he seem to be willing to wait?
2: Well, I think he understands his situation, that he is in this unique spot where he has the opportunity to take three weeks since the time he was released until now two weeks until free agency begins. Uh, It it, it works out perfectly for Joe Douglas, who's sitting there saying, take all the time you need, Derek. You know, really, really contemplate this. Make sure you're making the right decision. Because he's sitting there saying, man, if Aaron Rodgers calls, uh, you know, you can take it easy, Derek Carr. It's not happening. But look, I just think that for Derek Carr, it is now time, though, for him to hunker down and figure it out. Because when it comes to the Jets' decision, when it comes to Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, we're now in it. The clock is ticking. We are up against it. So once Carr makes that decision... I think a lot of dominoes will certainly fall.
0: Well, what's interesting and what we don't know yet, and, and you could sort of see a way that this could work in either direction, is once, once the Rodgers and maybe Lamar Jackson of it all come off the board, maybe the money goes up for Dak right. yeah. because teams become more desperate, one way or the other. We'll come back to this, but I'm being it. told right now that we have the sound. So, again, this is um, a podcast interview being done by Aubrey Marcus, who is a holistic health uh, expert and has a podcast in which he interviewed Aaron Rodgers about his experience being in that dark room. And uh, this is the part of the interview that I'm told we are going to hear. Go ahead and roll it.
3: It's a very... uh, There's a finality to the decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you don't like it, when you think it's drama... I think I'm being a diva or whatever, then just tune it out. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough and, and we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. Okay.
0: What, well, Jeff Darlington, what did we just hear?
3: Well,
2: let's start with the fact that if this is the attitude he takes into the meeting with the Green Bay Packers, it feels to me like it's over because the Packers Mm. want to hear from somebody who is fully committed, that is going to go into this offseason, working with the younger players, wants this as bad as they do. I'm not saying he won't because in the podcast he also references, apparently, uh, I'm reading transcripts online as well, he references the fact that he expects these to be really good conversations with the organization, uh, that he doesn't want to do what Favre did when he retired, he, he bled it into the summer and it caused tension for everybody. He says that he understands this decision needs to be made sooner rather than later. I'm just saying right now, if Aaron Rodgers calls the Packers up, Brian Gutekunst and says, hey, you know, I, I, um, I think you guys do deserve to have me back. If, he, if the Packers don't hear what they want, they could still say, you know what, Aaron, this just doesn't feel like the right commitment. We're going to go in a different direction. This is not just up to Aaron Rodgers anymore. This is also up to the Green Bay Packers.
0: Absolutely. Maybe for the first time. And Nico, now you, you have been saying for the all morning long and, and for quite some time now that you could envision them, meaning the Packers brass, being sick and tired of this entire situation. So if they're listening, when they listen to that, how would you imagine they would feel about it?
4: I feel like they would sense the same thing in, uh, that I do when I hear in Rodgers, and that's the lack of, I guess, a sense of urgency. Uh, you know, like this is kind of like, well, I'm, just, I'm going through my process, and I want, like in his soothing voice, that makes you want to fall asleep. So at this point, you know, you want somebody that is your starting quarterback, that's your leader, that's going to say, hey, I want to be there the first day of OTAs, the first day of offseason, because I want to lead this team to a Super Bowl. That's what you want to hear. you know. So right now, I don't think that the Packers have that confidence that Aaron Rodgers is going to walk in and be that guy because there's a lot of things in a locker room. There's a lot of ins and outs into a locker room that build a championship-level team, and it starts with your offseason. So we've seen a lot of issues with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, the offseason, him not being there, him being disgruntled. So I just think right now it feels like this isn't going in the right direction.
1: Where did he, Chris? Yeah, a couple of things that Aaron Rodgers said. First of all, his word choice and his tone, he used the term finality. Gee, that implies the end of something. Mm-hmm. But he also used, you know, the term excited and will go down that road when it comes to what the future holds. Now, I, I think we're talking about the end of his time with the Green Bay Packers, but when you use the term exciting, it seems like there's another chapter to your football future that's going to be involved in there. So I, I, I think that right. this is Aaron Rodgers – coming to grips with potentially leaving a place that he's been for 18 years and a place that he's had a lot of success in. And quite frankly, every NFL player has a hard time leaving their home. Every player wants to have a home for their football career, for their post-career, and Green Bay is that home for Aaron Rodgers. It's a tough thing to have to leave home. And I think this darkness retreat and this time for introspection is – you know, leading Aaron Rodgers down the road that he's probably going to leave the organization and continue his football someplace else. Yeah, look, I mean,
0: that's... The the, the the holistic piece of this, that's the person he is, yeah. and he that doesn't make him unique. There are lots of people out there. It's this guy, Aubrey Marcus, we're not the only ones who listen to the podcast, and people will listen to it even when he doesn't have someone like Aaron Rodgers on it because there are people who believe, and I happen to be one of them to a much lesser degree, in a lot of the same kinds of things that they're talking about and doing for your health and for your mind and all that kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, his tone is what it is. He may have just walked out of a dark room yeah. for the, and having been in there for three days. Go ahead, Jeff. I'll give you a quick final mm. word because you look like you have one more thought to add. Finish it up, Jeff. I just think there's one very important thing to point
2: out, and that is something Brian Gutekunst said. He said that he believes that Jordan Love is ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Do not take that lightly. If they believe that they'd be willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers.
0: Look, the simple fact that we are having this conversation is the closest the Jets have been to the Super Bowl in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> in my lifetime. Just, the fact, just Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness has shed a light on the possibilities here. We will obviously keep you up to date as we go forward. In the meantime, with LeBron watching, was last night the beginning of the end for the Lakers? Did their season just get dunked on the way Anthony Davis did? We hey. will talk about it. Hey. Plus, KD's big day. Debut just hours away, do the Suns become the best team in the NBA starting tonight? We'll answer that question next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash We are back on Get Up. Monica McNutt in our studio game of the night last night. No LeBron for the Lakers, and they're going to have to get used to that. And they hung in there against Memphis last night, but in the end, it was a lot of Ja Morant. A
5: whole lot of
0: Ja Morant. A monster third
5: quarter for Ja in particular, and he put so much pressure on the rim. The Grizzlies had 86 points in the paint. Woo!
0: 28 points in the third quarter alone for Ja, though the recklessness sometimes a little scary. It's
5: gonna be interesting to watch his career overall when the athleticism shifts, but for right
0: now, he got up from this play. Everybody can breathe. Early fourth quarter, Grizzlies are looking to put this one away. It had been tied for a lot of the night. Now the Grizzlies have opened up a lead and watch what Jaron Jackson does right there to Anthony Davis. Avert your eyes because that's nasty, Greeny. I'm so sorry that happened to you, AD. Grizzlies extending their lead. AD can't blame him. He hung in there as best he could all night. 28 points, 19 rebounds for the big fella. It's a four-point game late, but then just too much defense here for the Grizzlies, and they're out in transition. Yeah,
5: I don't love that pass from Schroeder. I understand AD was having a big day, but you could clearly see the weak side defense right there, and this is what the Grizzlies love to do, get out and get up.
0: John Morant finished with 39 points and a triple-double. The Grizzlies get the win. Here was Anthony Davis after the game on LeBron. Like we don't want to go home early I
1: mean so um, but what I don't want is him to rush back really early I want him to get completely right and healthy um, before he step on the floor like I said it's on it's on us other guys in the locker room to, to step up and um, continue to win basketball games and let him take care of what he needs to
0: take care of and when he comes back uh, you know we're able to start rolling again I mean, you could see it so clearly in LeBron's face as he was lying there when he said, I heard it pop. The Lakers are 5-10 and 10 without James this year. They have a five-game homestand coming up. They're one game back of the final play-in. So Monica's here. And Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins, is with us from Boston. Today's our all-access day. I will be up there with you a little later on. Big Perkin, we'll get to the Celtics in a minute. But I have not had a chance to talk to you since this injury to LeBron on Sunday. I and mean, the question is pretty mm-hmm. simple. Does this, for all intents and purposes, just end the Lakers season in your mind?
6: No, Granny. No, I, I I think the Lakers will be just fine. And LeBron James was very, very critical of the addition of the play-in tournament, and it's going to turn out to be the Lakers' best friend. I think this is the moment where Anthony Davis could rise to the occasion. And put his name back in that conversation with guys like Giannis Giannis and Jokic and Embiid. Because here's the fact of the matter, right? They have a nice homestand where they're going to play at home. We know that role players play better at home, even in the regular season. I know that term is used for us in the postseason. But I still have hope in the Lakers. I still have belief in the Lakers. And it's the addition of the play-in tournament which is going to keep their season alive. I wish everyone could have
0: seen Monica's face when Big Perk started talking, it seems to me you disagree.
6: divide hope, Perk. What, what you talking about? What's hope? What you mean? I mean, hope to get into the play-in tournament to get into the postseason. All they got to do is stay around there. LeBron James is going to come back at some point, Monica. He's going to come you. back at some point. Okay, yeah, I, I think you came in a little bullish. You and I
5: agree, though, that this is a huge opportunity for Anthony Davis. But even if this team were to run the table, I struggle to see them getting past a first-round series. Because they win a the playoff series. That, if LeBron comes right. back and they get in, do they win a round? Even with LeBron, a first-round playoff series was my my ceiling for the squad, personally. I, I just I don't think there's enough in the tank. I think injuries have well, been well, their Achilles heel all
6: year. I just don't see it, Perk. Well, let me ask you a question. If they was to match up with the Sacramento Kings in the first round, who would Uh you pick? I got you. Uh, That's okay, what no, but I mean, everybody wants, I mean, but it's a real thing. No, I, and this is what
5: thing. I'm saying to you. Yes, if it was Sacramento, a first round series victory is my ceiling for this Lakers
0: squad. Yes. And the reality is, if they wind up in the play in, it's not going to be Sacramento Correct. that they get. If they wind and up in the play in, they will either play the one seed or the two seed, which right now would be Denver or Memphis, and we all expect maybe Phoenix to get there.
5: Correct. And if they don't get to eight and seven, they have two play in games to go through, and every game is taxing on this particular group. And so I don't think anything should be taken for granted in terms of down the stretch. Perk, we agree this is a big-time opportunity for Anthony Davis, but yes, it is about this season and what is left, but I also think it's just as much about his future with the Lakers in terms of him showing that he can be a foundational piece moving forward. All
0: right, let me jump to a bunch of other things, Big Perk, because while Mm. I've got you here for a limited time, let's talk about KD after we talk about AD. Durant will make his son's debut tonight against the Hornets. He's been out with an MCL sprain since January 8th. Yesterday, he was talking about his
3: return. I'm, well, I know it ain't going to be that smooth. I know I'm, it's going to take me some time to get used to everything early on, but as far as just having fun and just getting lost in the game, I'm looking forward to doing that again.
0: Perk, I'm asking the question as simply as I can. <laughs> Are the Phoenix Suns the best team in the NBA as of tonight?
6: Hell no. We're, look, <laughs> Greenies, we're not about to sit up here and disrespect one. <laughs> The Denver Nuggets who are at the top of the Western Conference who I feel like have everything and more when you look at the pieces that they have around Jokic. And then let's look in the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Both of those teams have a deeper roster than the the, uh, Phoenix Suns. Here's the thing. We know Kevin Durant and Devin Booker could be spectacular offensively. Again, it's going to come down to the others. And we have seen terms and seen these... You know, these sayings around the league for us with the Warriors strength and numbers, and you need your role players. You need guys in the postseason that's gonna come up big to help you win playoff series outside of your superstars. So I do have concerns about a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Can he anchor a defense for four or seven game series? and bring that tenacity and put on this black Air Force Ones and bring that uh, (laughs) goons-type energy to the court. I do have concerns there, so I can't just say that the Phoenix Suns are going to be the best team in the league because they'll acquire Kevin Durant. I'm not going there. (laughs)
0: Let me defend my question Come on, let's at go. minimum, Monica. I got you. They're already a good team. Yep. And they just added one of the three best players, and if you wanted to argue, the best player in the world, you easily could, to their mix. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a a reasonable question whether you say, he, Big Perk is making fun of me. I got you, Greeny. It was a reasonable yes. question. Go ahead. Well, I, 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 and are they? It, uh, not yet. I think they have the potential to... Be, By next week. Yet.
5: If you give me, give me five games and I'll get back to you. Okay. Well, I don't know what the calendar shakes out, but give me five games and I'll get back to you. There's certainly the potential for that to happen, but I think we've actually seen over the course of the last two seasons that superstars don't automatically equal best in the game. I think it is unique in terms of the Olympic experience of CP3, Book, and KD together. I think this is going to go very, very well, but continuity does matter, and you do have to have time on the court. I am less concerned about this squad offensively, and I want to see what it looks like defensively, but I will share, when we were in Phoenix last week. I asked coach Monty Williams, who's going to be the X factor? That was one of the conversations that we had been having on our various platforms. And he actually said, "I'm not sure. We got to figure out who's going to be that fifth guy that runs alongside of them because that will kind of dictate who will be available when defenses obviously load up to the look talent.
0: KD has been waiting to play with mm. a guy who's got this kind of mentality sure. that Devin Booker has I-, I think they are going to be lights out we will see in the meantime a big perk is up in Boston because it is all access day now the Milwaukee Bucks have actually caught up to the Celtics mm-hmm. here with a very hot stretch they've won 15 straight games they were five and a half games behind Boston when that began they're now a half a game ahead and what shapes up to be a two horse race and as part of the Celtics All-Access Day on ESPN. You're going to love this. Our cameras were there to watch Grant Williams go through practice. Just listen.
3: So, Grant Williams here with the Boston Celtics. We're here with Celtics All-Access, showing what it's like to do the preparation going into a game day. What's so, up, J.B.? Doing all right? Today is more of a, like a recovery and just get-what-you-need day. That's what we call it. I can go straight on, typically, Benefits the of being young but I've had some issues recently with my shoulders and elbow, so probably smart to warm up. It's funny, because I used to hurdle or try and hurdle in college. <sighs> Did not go well. What you laughing at, Al? Listen, y'all can tease me all you want, Try to make sure my body's feeling OK, just like you do. Yeah, it works the core, works the groin. What else does it work? Shoulder, shoulder strength. Maybe the camera's made me better. Hey, relax. My weak foot is just as good. If I hold it for like 20, 30 seconds, and your leg starts just like trembling. Who would you say is the strongest guy? Overall, Rob, switch. You're, you're, you're full second. OK, all right, we're not doing this today. You're doing this on camera just to make me look bad. <laughs> is it easier if you bounce them off the thing? Is that <laughs> Those are fake <laughs> plates. Are I always warm up shooting non-jump shots from corner back end. You get used to using your legs. Got it. And that wraps up Celtics All-Access practice.
0: Fun stuff from him. Big Perk, obviously. If if you've never been with Big Perk in Boston, by the way, it's like being with Elvis. Uh, I was there during the final. The fans love Big Perk. Big Perk, if I were to say to you right now, the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the East. What would you say to me? (laughs)
6: <laughs> I would say they should be the favorite to win it all. And, and look, it's no disrespect to the Boston Celtics, but when it comes down to the Bucs, and it comes down to Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, just him in particular, right? This is the best player in the league. We heard Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant say it. When it comes down to a guy imposing their will, and I look at the depth, Of the Milwaukee Bucks with big Brook Lopez, the way that he's playing down low. The additional Jay Crowder. Joe Ingles is finally starting to look healthy. It's the trust factor when it comes down to Giannis Antetokounmpo being the best player in any given series. Also, here's one of my concerns. Wow, his his concern is such that we don't want
0: it shared. We need to take a picture of that. He's in Boston, and I think that the the Boston camera people just decided we don't want the world to know what Big Perk's concern is for the Celtics. Uh, We'll get that thing working, and we will have Boston's all-access. In the meantime, let's still do the dope or nope just with Monica. I want to show you a couple of outfits last night. Dylan Brooks' Uh outfit last night. Was this dope or nope? Take a look. What do you think?
5: Oh, Ooh, okay. <laughs> the joints, too? Yeah. I'm gonna, this is a note for me, but okay. I applaud the confidence. And I'm a glasses girl, so I do like the sunglasses. Could I pull that off, you think? Please, Please don't. Let's okay. not. Other than Halloween.
0: One more. Was it better or worse than Kyle Kuzma's Ooh, outfit last Olan. night? Show me Kuz. Olan.
5: You know, there's a different respect for Kuz, because Kuz is what they call a fashion icon. So he can throw on anything, and it becomes a statement. So I will take Kuz's
0: fit over. Dylan Brooks. Fair enough. I like to think of myself as a fashion icon as well. Very, very clean. Um, like and uh, and so the, yes, I think of the two, I would be more inclined to go <laughs> with the outfit that Kyle Kuzma was wearing Not as like well. Chris <laughs> Canty. That's a nope on both. Thumbs down on both. Okay, fair enough. Alright, anyway, we got the All Access coming. I'm headed to Boston for this right after this show today. Our doubleheader tonight on ESPN starts with the Celtics and the Cavs. That's a good no game problem. in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and then we got the Blazers and the Pelicans. The whole night starts with our coverage NBA countdown from the court in Boston 7 Eastern here on ESPN. Meanwhile, as we continue, sneaky big news on another star quarterback. Could the biggest shakeup of all come in a place we've not yet even considered? Don't miss it. Next, this is Get Up on ESPN. We're back on Get Up, and it's time for the game that is sweeping the nation. It is. There it is. Can he or can't he? Let's start in Chicago. Hey, Chris, can Justin Fields lead the Bears to a Super Bowl? Can he or can't he? He
1: can, G. Last year, he doubled his QBR from his rookie season, and you're talking about him accounting for 25 total touchdowns. He's proven that he's a difference maker. He rushed for over 1,100 yards. I mean, this guy is an ascending player. They just have to surround Justin Fields with the requisite talent. This guy can get them to a Super Bowl. The Scott can also
0: win an MVP. Next stop is Carson Wentz. Can he be someone's starting quarterback? Can he or can't he? He
1: can't, G. He got paid in 2019. And in the three seasons that followed, in 2020, he led the league in picks. 2021, he lost back-to-back games at the end of the regular season, including a stinker to a Jags team that had won two games, and he had a four QBR in that game. And this year he got benched after seven games. He ain't nobody starting quarterback. He's a bridge quarterback at best. He's going to be relegated to
0: backup status. And then finally, can the Dolphins... Uh, say they have their long-term quarterback. Can Tua be the long-term answer in Miami? Can he or can't he? He can't, G. Tua hasn't stayed
1: healthy for an entire season since 2018, which was his second year as the full-time starter with Alabama. So I, I just don't see it happening. The concussions, the severity of them are concerning, unsettling. You're not just worried about his long-term football future, but you're
0: worried about his quality of life away from the game. Well, absolutely. I think that's well said. And, and it, it brings us to uh, what we're calling sneaky big news today – The Dolphins have to decide this offseason whether or not they're going to pick up Tua's fifth-year option. The deadline to do that is May 1st, but they don't have to wait that long. But speaking at the Combine yesterday, their head coach, Mike McDaniel, said the plan is to wait until closer to that deadline. Listen to this.
7: we probably best served to utilize the time that's kind of... um... Uh, the the way we're approaching it, but that doesn't mean that we're spending any long period of time not discussing it. This is something that uh, Chris and I have been working through and will continue to work through.
0: All right, so he's a very unusual talker, Mike. Yeah. I have no idea what he just yeah, said. But yeah. but, but, but here, the bottom line of it is, they, they, you know, I don't think that we're – that's not what they would say in Cincinnati about Joe Burrow, and it's not what they would say in L.A. about Justin Herbert, and it's not what they're going to say in Philadelphia about Jalen Hurts. And there were legitimate reasons to have questions about Tua, even though it kind of breaks my heart to say that because, you know, you think about a young man at his age, but the concussions are a real concern. So, Jeff Darlington, I thought you made a really interesting point a little bit earlier earlier when we're connecting dots between the Miami Dolphins and another star NFL quarterback.
2: Yeah, look, this is not me talking as uh, (laughs) I feel like I need to put on the, the, the football fan hat, not me talking as a reporter here, not me as talking about someone who lives in South Florida, but just as a fan of football, Lamar Jackson on the Miami Dolphins makes them the most electric Uh, most exciting, most entertaining team in football. And it's not even close. Lamar Jackson on the Miami Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell on their offense is suddenly a track meet. With Mike McDaniel coaching these guys in space is something that I don't even know that we've ever seen before in the NFL. I understand what the Dolphins are doing with Tua Tungabailoa. I think it is professional. I think they owe it to him. I get all of the reasons for it. But I cannot help but also think about if Tua had a tough year and had nothing to do with injuries, how this Dolphins team would be going after Lamar Jackson and it would be an absolute slam dunk. There would be no better place in the NFL for Lamar Jackson than the Miami Dolphins. Lamar Jackson, the South Florida kid, returns home to bring his Dolphins to a Super
0: Bowl, something they haven't done since Dan Marino. It would be scary. And, and by the way, one of the ways that Lamar uh, communicates now is on social media. So I'm going to show you his tweet from yesterday. Uh, you can interpret it however you wish. I don't know how to interpret it, but he tweeted yesterday, no matter the circumstances, never crack, just relax. And he's got the, you know, the emoji with the sunglasses. Do those sunglasses mean he likes the idea of Miami? I have no idea. Again, you interpret it however you want. <laughs> but Nico, you, you play defense candidly in that division for a very long time. Just imagine that. Imagine you're game planning for a team that has Tyreek Hill on one side, Jalen Waddell on the other, and Lamar Jackson at quarterback. What's that like?
4: Uh, unstoppable. But first of all, I want to say this. <laughs> Jeff. We can all see your bias by when you're filming and you're working from home, okay? You have the palm trees behind you. Oh, it's so sunny and it's warm. The, yeah, we get it. It's You're in South Florida. I understand that. So Tom Brady retired. I need juice in Lamar. Florida.
2: I need Lamar Jackson. You, he needs Miami. the
4: juice, yes. You want the excitement. You want the excitement. That would be an unbelievable Matchup to try and stop. I don't think you could stop it. The only thing that would stop it would be something that Lamar's had to deal with for the last two years, and that's an injury. And unfortunately, the Miami Dolphins, to get Lamar, would have to, at minimum, give up two first-round picks. Similar to what Cleveland did, they gave up three first-round picks. So to go and get Lamar, it would cost a ton of guaranteed money, which we already know, and a bunch of first-round picks. So for it to actually be reality... I don't know if the Dolphins would be willing to go to that length to give up those picks, to give up the cash. It would be exciting, and I love Lamar, but I don't know if we'll see it happen.
0: Yeah, the picks, Every to one piece proof. of it, and then the guaranteed money is another. We yeah. know that a lot of NFL owners are hesitant about that guaranteed money, and I have no idea where Stephen Ross would fall on that. But just again, you play, you, you made your living chasing after yeah. quarterbacks. That wouldn't be any fun, right? No,
1: I mean, you're talking about a 4-by-1 relay team. When you think about Lamar with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, or Jeff Wilson, it's the fastest offense oh in gosh. NFL history. So if you're able to pair that with somebody like Mike McDaniel who comes off of that Shanahan tree you Just think about it from a scheme standpoint, the X's and O's, you'd be able to have so many boots, so many waggles, sprints, getting Lamar Jackson out of the pocket, moving the launch point it all of a sudden opens up this offense in a way that Tua, quite frankly, couldn't. So this would be really exciting to see. But the most important part of all of this is it solidifies the Dolphins
0: quarterback spot for the next decade. Yeah, and something they've been trying to do since Dan Marino retired, and that was multiple decades ago. All right, quick break here. We have much more to do. We'll get back. We have some more from the Aaron Rodgers podcast coming your way and then first take takes over next will KD and Devin Booker be a better duo than Kyrie and KD were they'll answer that question to more Molly Stephen A and company top of the hour here on ESPN.
7: Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com network. All
0: right, we're back. It's been a spirited morning here. These two guys, Jeff and Niko, have not agreed on anything all day except for their mugs. They seem to be drinking from identical mugs. So it's the one thing upon which these two guys have agreed all morning long. That is nicely played. In the meantime, let me show you another quote from Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is from this podcast he did. um, And he said, I've been doubted before. Honestly, I felt in the first year that Matt LaFleur was here. I felt at times like a game manager. I didn't quite understand what we were doing at times on offense. My job is to take care of the football. And I did. This was on the Aubrey Marcus podcast. He said, I threw four interceptions, 26 touchdowns. We were 13-3, and but I felt like there was so much more. Then they drafted my replacement. I won MVP twice. I threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions in two years. He goes on to say... Obviously, there were changes that happened on the team and the coaching staff and I didn't have my best year playing. And there's probably people who think I'm done. I thought I was done before I became MVP twice. There would be plenty of inspiration down that road. That's another quote from the podcast. (laughs) Super quick. I only have 30 seconds. Ninko, what, what were you saying?
4: I, I, I'm, my mind is, bl- is blown right now. I just, I, I'm trying eye, to comprehend. Eye, he eye, didn't eye. think he was an MVP before he's an MVP. How is that yeah. possible? All he talks about is MVPs.
0: And a lot of me's and I's and all that. Yeah, when you
1: start reciting a resume, there's a little insecurity there. Maybe some slippage in his play. He's not the same quarterback he was two years ago.
0: Yes, he can be. He can once again be. There's no (laughs) question of it. Raise your hand if you're going to tell me he's coming to the Jets. Here it is. He's going to the Jets. He's doing it. He's coming to the Jets. It's going to
1: happen. Your dreams are going to come true, Gritty. Your dreams are coming true. Aubrey Marcus,
6: make it happen. We'll see you tomorrow. First take starts now.